Welcome to the Power Up Kids Self-Defense Podcast. This podcast is for kids and all the trusted adults who love them. The more time we spend learning, thinking about, and practicing the tools in our self-defense toolkit, the safer, more resilient, and empowered each one of us is. And that's a fact. My name is Sylvia Smart, and I'm glad you're here. I've been teaching martial arts and self-defense to kids for a really long time. I love what I do, and I can't wait to teach you everything I know. Kids, be sure to grab an adult who can listen to this with you, okay? Talk about what you learned together afterwards, and just see where the conversation takes you. Ultimately, I'm going to want you to get some in-person physical training, but a great kid's self-defense class is so much more than just the physical skills, and that's all the stuff you'll learn from this podcast. So here we go. It's time to power up. Hello, listeners, and thank you for listening. Please help me welcome my guest today, Chris De La Cruz. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for having me, Sylvia. You bet. So listeners and you, Chris, I'm really glad you're here. I first heard about Chris when someone near and dear to me said, you've got to hear this guy's story. I think you need to interview him for your podcast. So I did. I I listened to him speak and tell a small piece of his story, the one that he's going to mostly share with us today. And I was like, wow, yes. I wonder if he'd be willing to be a guest on the Power Up Kids Self-Defense podcast. So I reached out and the rest is history. So Chris, I'd love to start us off by giving you some time and space to tell us all about you, your journey, how it started, and not just how you got to where you are today, but also a little bit about who you are now and how you spend your time and things that are important to you and things like that. So have some time and space to share what's on your mind and heart. Here you go. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And uh, above everything else, uh, like you said, my name is Cristela Cruz. And one of the things that's really important to say up front is that I am a father of two kids myself, a a fourth grader uh, and a first grader. And so the topic you are discussing is just so important and dear to my heart. Um, I'm actually also a pastor and community organizer here at Portland, Oregon. Um, I've been doing that for a number of years uh, at this church, Westminster Presbyterian Church. And I've been on a journey that uh, has been interesting and and has its ups and downs. I grew up in New Jersey. I am the son of two Filipino immigrants, uh, uh, two uh, wonderful human beings. Uh, my mom and dad from who flew in from the Philippines, and they are both uh, nurses, which means they've been doing a lot of really important and hard work for their whole life, taking care of people. Um, and... I, yeah, I was a, I grew up in New Jersey and then I was a journalist for a while, meaning I was writing for newspapers until I just, really? yeah, yeah. I, wow. I, 
Yeah, yeah. I wrote for uh, the New Jersey uh, Star-Ledger, which was the state newspaper. And I did that for a few years and then felt the call. That's a fancy pastor term for feeling the kind of tug in my own heart to be a pastor. And I went to pastor school, which is called seminary. And then after that, I served in two different churches in New York City, one in Manhattan and one in Queens. Uh, and that was before I came here in Portland. I'm sure I could say more, but that's the short version of my journey. Thank you. I Sometime I'd like to meet you in person and hear more. Um, when I first heard you speak, you were actually up on a pulpit. You were sharing a story about something that happened to you when you were a kid. Could you could you tell us that story? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's hard to remember, but uh, or rather hard to think about, because uh, you know there's there were some uh, painful things I talked about. But on the other hand, I have grown so much through them. So I'm glad to share. As a kid. Uh, I was picked on. I was bullied. Uh, and part of it was I was different than the other kids. I, Like I said, my parents were immigrants from the Philippines, which meant that I had a little accent in me that set myself apart from kids. I was also sh- short. And as a short boy in particular, that, that sets you apart. It makes you an easy target, or at least it made me an easy target. And so um, I heard lots of names. Uh, I think at the pulpit, I read my yearbook uh, from when I was a kid. And there were so many just slights and calling me peewee and saying things about kind of just insults regard to my family and my height. Uh, and there were, there were incidents like I was at the bus stop just waiting for the bus and uh, someone behind me just grabbed my book pack, book, my backpack. And then the other kids who were there, um, and they were all boys, uh, surrounded me and then started tossing my book, uh, my backpack above me so I couldn't reach and it was almost like uh, that that game monkey in the middle except I didn't consent to playing this game and they were just throwing it back and forth because they thought it was funny Um, and it you know hurt a lot because I just wanted to be treated like everyone else and I just felt that I was the target of that kind of taunting, um, you know, and kids sometimes would even uh, punch me on the shoulder just because they thought it was funny. And it also physically hurt. Yeah, you know, this, this feels like a really hard thing to remember. um, Because it's so uncomfortable and so mean. How did you handle that? when you were how like how old were you? was this elementary school or yeah the en- middle school or it would be the end of elementary school through middle school for sure yeah yeah so yeah so how how did you h- handle that like what was the process going on in your mind and your 
your body like would you run home and tell your parents or um what did you have any friends you could talk to about it or like how what went on that way if i were to be honest a lot of it was just trying to get through it and keep my head down yeah i would just internally kind of just say to myself um and i'm not saying this is the right reaction it's just just the reaction that i had um that i would just say to myself all right it's going to be over in a few minutes or whenever i would be in with a group of people that i knew i could be made fun of i would just uh try to say as little as i could that could get me made fun of um i'll run home i I wouldn't tell my parents that much if I were to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I did more uh, because that opening up to a trusted adult is something that I've seen really help now that I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. So I work with kids and teenagers and it's really meaningful for them when they have an outlet to, to, to speak with, with young folks. I was, giving a youth talk once and I, I I talked about some of the bullying that I went through and then immediately kids opened up about they were picked on because they identified as trans or just because they too were short or different and I saw and the kids shared that just by sharing it with someone it, it felt like they were less alone you know Yes. Um, and, you know, the reason, listeners, that I really wanted Chris to come on and talk about this stuff is because you're an adult and you have this perspective. And this is what happens so often is when kids are belittled and shamed, when there are microaggressions and taunting and teasing, that that as kids, we shrink, we disappear we try to make ourselves invisible, be less than who we are. And with that comes some shame that we can carry for the rest of our lives unless we share it and unless we find safe people to talk to about it. So my next question for you, Chris, was going to be like, if you think back to that time and if you had it all to do over again, like if you knew then what you know now, would you do anything differently? And what I heard you say is, yeah, I would, I would probably share. I would talk to people. Yeah, I, I definitely would say so, adding that I would, just like you said, folks who you identify as safe to share, so a trusted parent, uh, I hope you, uh, and I know it's not true for everyone, but some sort of trusted older person that can help you with perspective. Or there are also those friends that you feel safer with. Maybe they're also going through it, that you're able to share and and not feel so alone in the process. So I think sharing is definitely part of it. I think I would also figure out a way to feel my own feelings and even think through what they are and and one way to do that would be something like journaling like being able Mm -hmm. to just write down 
what happened and how did it make me feel? Or even, you know, right after it happens in your home and you have some time alone, if you have a moment just to be in your bed and, you know, just let yourself feel the, the feeling of hurt or sadness, it's, it's okay to cry, whether you are of any gender, it's, it's totally normal. And in fact, it's a way for your body to safely release the tension. So it's okay to cry. It's okay to kind of even groan a little bit or be angry uh, in a safe space. Because what you don't want to do is come home and then, um, you know, after you get picked on, you see your little uh, sibling and start picking on them or, you know, take your emotions out on mom or dad. And um, so I would really recommend that kind of journaling or figuring out a way place to feel your feelings in a safe way. Excellent. I was also, while you were talking, I was thinking of when I was having hard times when I was a kid, um, drawing and music were really helpful to me too. So, um, you know, the, these kids, the listeners, um, get creative and I, I think your, your, um, your thoughts are really important. I was thinking of the dog, you know, don't throw stuff at the dog. Like it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel mad. It's okay to feel whatever, whatever we feel. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with how we feel. What, what's important is that we share it and, and feel it so we can move beyond it and become stronger and more sensitive too, I think to others. And also what I want to say for listeners who maybe maybe you're not experiencing bullying and taunting and teasing, but maybe you want to be a good friend to somebody who is experiencing this. And so, Chris, what would you say to those listeners who have friends who are going through something like this? Is there, did you ever have anyone who stood up for you? And if so, what was that like? Or um, did you not have anyone? And what would you have wanted? What would have been helpful? Well, what I think is hard, and I understand it, is that if someone is doing the bullying and then you're a friend seeing it happen, what you don't want is then you to become the target. And so I, I remember having friends who, even though they weren't picked on, they saw me, the easy target, and they would either join in the bullying just so that they didn't get picked on or they wouldn't say really say anything. And while I was disappointed at the time and honestly kind of angry and upset, I understand now the dynamics at play, why that would happen. What I would say is um, within what is safe, uh, I do think there is something very meaningful about being a friend that will uh, say, no, you, you don't have to do that or at least we'll kind of figure out a way to take your friend out of the situation, even if it's not overtly, you know, saying, no, don't do that, but just say, all right, let's go, you know, as a way to help your your friend get out of a situation or at the very least don't pile on the insults. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could say that, I mean, the, the obvious, the kind of, 
most righteous thing to do would be to kind of, you know, stand up to the bully with your words and say, like, this is not right. And I think there are times when you, you can be brave and do that. And there are other times where I can see you may not feel safe for anyone involved that might may anger the bully more. And um, I'm not sure if there's a clear answer to that, except it is very meaningful when a friend st sticks up for you. Um, and maybe that's worth the risk. Um, mm. um, the, I guess the other, the, I'm sure at schools, there are um, ways in which the school is teaching how you could speak to an adult at school in a way that's safe. Um, and I would listen when your teachers or your principals talk about safe ways to report bullying um, in a way that, that could then lead to uh, kind of a safer space. Yeah, I... Um... I'm in agreement with you. I think schools can do a lot. My experience with my own two kids who are now turning 23 and 25 is that the school's bungled a lot. Hmm. Um, and so the other piece that I would say is that it's great to have your trusted adult, whether it's grandma, uncle, um, mom, dad, like, amazing babysitter, neighbor, trusted adult, help you figure out how to talk to the school and maybe go with you Yeah. to have this conversation um, to show how important it is that they handle it correctly and to make sure that they handle it so that there's no, what I call blowback, which is um, another fancy term for that is retribution or the bully somehow gets wind of you going in and talking and so they want to kind of get back at you and there are ways that schools can prevent that and trusted adults can help do that so that it's really really safe because if this person is doing this to you chances are they're also doing it to someone else and so in self-defense we talk about how um, when you stand up for yourself, you're also standing up for everyone else who's having the same experience. And you're also showing them a different way through it. So it's a really wonderful, uh, it's, a, it's really strong and wonderful. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong if you don't do it at all. It just means that I, I Chris and I both want you to be really safe and make sure that if you do go talk at school about what's going on and you talk to an adult there that you stay super safe and that they help you make it better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you were able to go back to that little boy in your story, little Chris, is there anything that you'd want to tell him now from your perspective as an adult that you would have loved to hear? I think the first thing I would say is that that boy's sense of self-worth, um, the word I I'm thinking of is dignity, which means their, the, the, their very being uh, like is an amazing and wonderful human 
worthy of love, regardless of what anyone says or does to you. And I think that's really important for the listener to hear that uh, what we can't guarantee is that people might may or may not stop picking on you, but to really internalize, to really let sink in that you are worth it, that you are worthy of love, that you are worthy of respect, that you are worthy of kindness. And if someone doesn't treat you that way, that means they are not giving you something you deserve. Um, and I think that's something that I really needed to hear because I felt like the words they were saying to me or the things they were doing meant that I was somehow less than mm. worthy of what is the dignity, the the essence, the just worthy of being loved of every person. And so I think that's the first thing I would say, that you are not defined by these bullies, mm-hmm. but rather that you you just by being you are someone who has joy and love and goodness to give to the world. So no one can take that away from you. Um, so the second thing I would say is that because of that, you all, uh, I would tell uh, my child self that you also can stick up for yourself. Uh, I think it was easy to, because I internalized not to uh, see myself as worthy that I, I, you know, didn't, I felt too much shame to not say, well, don't treat me like that. Right. Like, you, you, th- this isn't how you should treat me. Um, Cause I think just that assertion can throw a bully off guard because in many ways uh, it's hard to tell at the time, but that bully themselves almost always are dealing with their own hurt from something else in their life. And they're taking out, out on the other. And in some ways you, if you assert your own sense of, self-worth that hey you cannot treat me like that way i don't deserve this that that could throw off the bully and make them think about their own needs and and wants because that's really what's happening that a bully is not getting what they need in their own life and so they're taking it out on someone else yep that's exactly right those are great um like really wise words to tell that little boy in your story. Is there anything that anyone else could have done differently that would have been really super helpful for you or could have switched things up for you? I'm, and the reason why I asked this particular question is because there are loving adults listening to. And so, you know, are there some things that the adults in your life could have noticed or were there signs that you know, that you were giving off that there was something going on at school or um, could they have said something or supported you in some way? And this, you know, you might not be able to answer this, but I, but I thought that for the parents and the trusted adults who are listening that, you know, maybe we could bring, bring up some things that, that would have meant a lot to you. 
Yeah, I mean, I do wonder, because I, I would come home, and again, you know, there's the stuff that comes out sideways, whether it's, um, you know, being cranky at home or not as responsive or uh, being cranky at my brothers and things like that. And, you, you know, there's no kind of definitive of this equals that, but I, you know, my parents were just trying their best, right? And as all sure. the parents who are listening are, and yeah. it's easy. I think it's easy to, I think what I would say is sometimes you'll see your child will come home and maybe they'll be uh, a little disruptive or, even talk back at you and the the ten, the easy tempting thing which we've all done myself included is just to immediately kind of try to reprimand the thing in front of you right or deal with the thing in front of you uh but there's i just always ask the question what's behind that like why out of nowhere almost does it feel like my child is being cranky or taking things out at the other sibling because it's possible that stuff is happening in school where they don't feel power there so they're asserting their power sideways at home Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense so to just kind of be be looking just be on the alert for those types of behaviors yeah i would say so yeah. Um, any other words of wisdom, things that you haven't shared about just bullying and being teased and what it's like and um, your perspective as an adult that you think uh, is important for my listeners who are kids and their trusted adults to think and talk about around this topic? Yeah, I, I um, would say that... As you get older, you realize that the bullies have less power over you and others than you think. And and again, I think that empathizing even with the bully, that seeing where the bully is coming from can help put perspective. It doesn't excuse the bully, but it helps you be less afraid of them as some monster that's far away but as a hurt person trying to hurt other people um because i think it's i mean not that again it's not to not hold the bully accountable but i think rather than a world of villains you see how hurt people hurt people and how the what I would say systems outside or the way things are kind of create bullies um that's one piece of perspective but also um I guess in general I would when I look back in my own life I see how I got through it and you can go out the other side like what you're experiencing right now feels like the only way the world works it feels like the only way things will be. And, you know, like I shared at the beginning, I've, uh, even though when I was picked on, I was made to feel like 
you know, I was not capable or I was less than, you know, I now have a, you know, job I'm very proud of and I have a wonderful family and I have many friends who I've made along the way, uh, including uh, one of the kids who picked on me. I'm still on a group chat with him, you know, and I, and I now, I mean, he would even laugh at the idea that, because he, he was, I mean, he was young and uh, I, I don't hold any grudge because we're, we were all just trying to navigate the awkwardness of growing up. Um, and so things can get better on the other side. Um, I, I think I wouldn't, I would try to keep, I wouldn't try to lose myself in, in it. What I mean by that is it's easy if someone's picking on you to justify to um, then to say, well, that means I can just pick on others or just, you know, I, I, what I'm trying to say is like you will get through it and just be your best self in all of it. Mm. And you, I, you will probably be proud of how you got through the other side. Those are words of wisdom. And I just want to thank you, Chris, for being here, for sharing your story, for being um, so open and honest about it, and for taking the time. You've got so much going on on your plate with your family and your work and your music and everything else that you do in your life. And I feel really grateful that you came here to talk with me because I think this is a really important conversation for kids to have with the adults who love them because we're all still like navigating the world and doing the best that we can and um, it's it's one of the pieces of the world that needs more needs to come out into the light and be be talked about I think more so thank you for sharing yourself and your story with us. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having this conversation uh, with uh, the wonderful listeners who I hope uh, have learned something. I hope so, too. I know I have. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to pause. Okay, listeners, um, I just want to say thanks again for listening. And this has been a really wonderful conversation. And if you have any stories that you feel would be helpful to talk about so that other people could learn from you, things that have happened to you, things that are going on for you, this is also true for the trusted adults. If you can think back to when you were a kid, if there are some things that you were dealing with that were hard for you, and you know for a fact that if you and I could talk about it, other people could learn from our conversation, those are the kinds of conversations I really want to have. So if you can spare the time, I know that I would appreciate it. And I know that my listeners would get a lot out of it. So if you, you know, just think about, think about being of service and giving of yourselves so that others can learn from you. You've got a lot of important things to say. So thanks again for listening. It's wrap up time. No kids' self-defense class is complete until we've shouted together about how amazing we are. So here's what I want you to do. 
First of all, make sure it's okay to shout and be loud. Like make sure no one's on the phone or working from home or trying to take a nap. And by the way, if it's not an okay time to shout, that's all right too. You can use a quiet voice or even a whisper. Works the same. I'm going to say something and I want you to repeat after me. Okay, so you figured out how loud you can be. Now, if you can, stand in a power pose with your feet planted about as wide apart as your shoulders are. If you can't stand up, sitting's fine too, but just feel your body connecting to the ground. And then do something that feels really powerful to you, like put your hands up in the air in a V for victory sign, or make fists and put them on your hips, or put both your hands on your heart, okay? So do something that feels really powerful to you. Take a deep breath and repeat after me as loud as you can. Here we go. I am a strong and powerful kid. I have the right to say no. No means no. And one last time with my favorite. I am a strong and powerful kid. And then we say, yes. Yes, you rock. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Power Up Kids Self-Defense Podcast. I'll see you next time. And between now and then, stay safe and have fun. And for the adults, adults, I really appreciate that you're listening and sharing this podcast with your kiddos. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I do this work. I take on the expenses of this work because I think it's important. If you'd like to support me, I'd be most grateful. You can find links to my Buy Me a Coffee page or to my website podcast donation page in the episode description. Thanks for supporting this work. Let's do this. Let's make the world safer for all the kids. When you review this podcast and share it with your friends and family, that also helps spread the word. And I'd love it if you'd do that too. And by the way, if you or your kids have an experience or a story that you or they would be willing to share with me and our listeners, I'd love to hear it. This is how we learn from one another. Sharing and telling our stories is really powerful. It's a gift that we can give to others and it's a path toward our own healing and empowerment. Anyway, connect with me if you've got something that you'd be willing to talk about sharing. There's a link in the episode description for how to do that. Take care and be safe.